Amen. Well, praise God. I feel like we already had church, but I want to share a word with you anyway this morning. Um, so get your Bibles out. If you would go to the book of Psalms, Old Testament, Psalms 75, verse 10. <clears throat> 75, 10. Now, I know Tracy just said it, but we've got our, our children's program going back again. And uh, Lord knows right now in life we need our children blessed. We need prayer over them. We need, we need their minds full of the things of God, not the things of this world. Amen. And so uh, that's going to be going back in full swing. And what we plan on doing is we're going to do, uh, we're, we're working towards getting, having a children's program three times a month. But the first Sunday of every month when we have communion and all, that's, you know, that's family time. I want everybody here with their kids, because I believe that's important. I believe that even the imagery of being in church with your family and taking communion is a powerful thing. So uh, that first Sunday of every month, we won't be having a children's program. But bless God, we're going we're gonna to influence children for Jesus. Amen? That's what God called us to do. So I want to pray right now, uh, because this message I want to preach I don't know what it's going to do, but I just want to pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just declare that your word is true. The Lord, it's not my words this morning, but it's your words. Words of power, words of faith, words of much assurance that will turn the people's hearts, their idols, unto the living God. I declare, Lord, this morning that as I preach and proclaim your word, that your word will have full effect. I declare that the devil is defeated, Lord God. I declare that, Jesus, you are Lord. And that we will walk in victory all the days of our life. And Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus over our lives right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, it says in Psalm 75, 10, all the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Now, to a lot of people, they may read that and then it's like, okay, whatever, you know, it doesn't really influence them much. But me being a young man raised on a ranch, you know, we did a lot of dehorning of cattle. Every year about this time, you know, it's still ingrained in me. It's been, you know, 50 years, but it, it, I still remember it. September 15th is always a date. My dad said you had to put oats in the ground on September 15th, no matter what. And so September 15th didn't make any difference what day it was. We were planting oats. And sometimes it was wet. Sometimes it was dry. Sometimes it was cold. Sometimes it was hot. It didn't make any difference, but everything was prepared for September the 15th. I don't know why that date that was just in him and we were going to do it. And so then we would, you know, grow wheat and oats, and then we'd, we'd put stalker cattle on it. So then we came into, you know, the time after a few months, after the, you know, had a good enough grazing, well, then we'd be buying stalkers. And so bringing them in, and the one thing I got in charge of, why me? I don't know, but I got in charge of the head. I always had the head on the animal. And I think that was prophetic, right? Because I'm always telling you, you want to be the head, not the tail. And so when you jump the calf into the chute, the squeeze chute, you're the person that was on the head there, they were in charge of dehorning and shooting the, the dewormer paste up their mouth. And the person who was on the other end was in charge of branding and castrating. OK, and then the guy in the middle, he was in charge of the shots and everything that he had to go. And so we would work like that. And as fast as they jump in there, I'd grab the dehorners, you know, chop them off, go through there. But that end is the bloody end. You don't just cut the horns off and there's not anything that you get. So, uh, you know, it was a nasty end. So I'd be covered in blood all day long. And, you know, but I was a kid. I didn't care. And so. When I read this scripture and it says, all the horns of the wicked shall be cut off, it, it speaks to my heart because of this experience as a young man, but also knowing that the horns of an animal is where their power comes from. Hello? So you anything, a, a, a buck deer, you know, or the exotics we have around here, their horns or what give them power, what give them ability to kill, what gives them that, that deal. And it says right here, the horns of the wicked shall also be cut off. Everybody needs to be praying right now that the horns of the wicked are going to be cut off in the United States, that the horns of the wicked are the, that are influencing uh, uh, our government and influencing, you know, uh, uh, everything is going to be cut off. Amen. You just need to throw that in your prayer. You need to write that one down and just throw it around all the time. Psalm 75, 10, the horns of the wicked are going to be cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. So he's going to give us more power. We're going to gore a few more. Hello? Right? I mean, he's like polishing the ends of the tips of our horns. We're getting stronger and they're getting weaker because they got dehorned. All right? 
So everybody say with me, say, say, the devil is defeated. Say it one more time like you really mean it, like you really understand the devil is defeated. And Jesus is Lord. Say it again. Say, the devil is defeated. And Jesus is Lord. Okay. Now, I want to show you something here. I want you to go to, still in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18, 16. This is when the two angels appeared unto Abraham. And they were getting ready to go down and check out what was going on in Sodom. And they were going to see if it was to be destroyed or not. And so it says, then the men arose from there and they looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went to them and he sent them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great nation, a mighty nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Now, isn't that amazing that the angels and, and, and the Lord are speaking to Abraham here, and he says, the reason why I chose Abraham was because he's a person that was going to teach his children. That's why Abraham got chosen, to be Abraham. Because he was chosen because he had the ability to speak into his children and going to raise his children up to serve the Lord. Doesn't sound like a lot, does it? When you start to think about it, that you got chosen to be the father of a, of a nation, that you got to be the chosen one of God. And the only reason why you were doing it wasn't because you were taller than everybody else. wasn't because you could, you know, leap over a tall wall. It wasn't because you were in perfect body mass index. But because you would teach your children. Hello? By the way, I was supposed to tell you all when we started this, everybody out there watching the broadcast, if I'm glitchy this morning, Internet's slow. I'm sorry. Hang on. Keep watching. I believe God for increase of Internet speed, however that would work or look. <laughs> and I can honestly say I have never prayed that prayer before in my life. Okay, now look at this. They're talking about, they're discussing with Abraham because of who he was, what they were going to do. Now it says down here, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Okay, this is my question I'm proposing to you right here in this verse. Who made the outcry? Obviously, it wasn't Abraham because it was kind of new news to him that they were going to go down there and look at destroying Sodom. But the, the Lord says here, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great. I'm going to see what they've done. It's according to what they've done. So there was an outcry. Who made the outcry? Well, it must have been, the only way I can see in this, it must have been all the righteous people that went by and looked at Sodom and what was going on there, or the people in Sodom who had their businesses looted and, and, and burned and uh, depravity was going on in there, that the people who had to leave Sodom, the people who were outside looking into Sodom, that they cried out to the Lord and their prayers got heard and God said, I'm going to come down and do something about it. Okay? Now... I'm going to change this just for a second, and, and uh, let me really give you one more verse. Psalms 12 and, and 5. Psalms 12, verse 5. It says, For the oppression of the poor and for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord, and I will set him in safety for which he yearns. He says that when, the, when the, the poor cry out and the needy cry out, God's going to arise and he's going to set them on safety for which he yearns. Okay? Now, <clears throat> if you notice that I'm a little bit kind of fishing around here this morning is because literally I asked the Lord, I've been praying all week about this message, and uh, I, had, I really didn't get anything. I didn't have anything. I told Laura, I said, in 27 years of pastoring, I, I'm waking up on Sunday morning, and I really don't know what you want to say, Lord. And that's not like me. And so the Lord started speaking this to me, and I said, I don't want to preach that. What I'm about to say, I said, I don't want to preach it, Lord. And he said, I know you wouldn't want to. That's why I didn't give it to you, so that you have to do it now because you got nothing, and I've got you hemmed in the corner, 
and you've got to go with it. And I said, well, thanks, Papa. I appreciate it. So I'm believing this morning that the anointing on this message is all going to be, you know, God's just going to do something fantastic because, um, like I said, I didn't really want to preach it. Because I'm going to talk about something right now. I'm going to just change this for a second. I want to show you something that has got to become evident to us. The world is nuts right now, okay? And we want to get angry at people. We want to get angry at, you know, organizations and, and this kind of stuff like this. But the world is so crazy, and usually the devil overplays his hand. And so I don't know if y'all saw this recent thing that came up, but there was a, a transgender person in New Hampshire that ran for the sheriff of, uh, of the county sheriff on the Republican ticket. It, she's a transgender um, anarchist, Satanist, a high priestess of the Satan deal. She... In her platform, she said, I hate the police. I hate the police department. I'm running because I hate it. Okay? But I want to show you how stupid your own process is. And so she ran as a, Demo I mean, as a Republican, and she ran unopposed. And so everybody went in there, 4,000 people went in there, and just when the Republican primary and voted, and they voted for her, and she got 4,000 votes and got elected as the Republican nominee. You know, she's got to go across the, the incumbent uh, sheriff who is, is running the Democratic Party that she's going to give up and yield it to him because she didn't want to. She just wanted to show everybody how stupid the policy is and what they're doing, that people are voting and ain't nobody paying attention on who's voting, who they're voting for. So she said, she stood there and said, I hate the cops. I hate the deal. I hate it. I'm an anarchist. I am a high priestess Satanist. And they said, oh, you're Republican. Okay, we'll vote for you. Check you off. Because people aren't paying any attention to what they're doing. Because they don't think there's anything going on. It's just like, ah, well. Because people right now are caught up in their own schemes and their own things in life, and they don't realize what's going on. But I want to tell you what's going on this morning, and I'm going to pull the curtain back this morning, and uh, y'all have to just pray for me. Because what's happening right now is what you're seeing is, is demonic activity. Just hear me now. You're seeing demonic activity. I am not saying people are demon-possessed. Some are. But, the, but people are being demonically influenced, demonically provoked, and there you're seeing manifestations of demons taking place on the face of the earth, demonic things. Listen to me. California just signed a bill that allowed judges to not to, to lessen the sentence if anybody was within 10 years of having uh, pedophilia sex with a child. And they voted it in. He voted it in. He signed the bill. What is the matter with the world? Does somebody not know that this is wrong? But there's half the group of them are, are, are just being demonically influenced. We're seeing demonic activity on the face of the earth. You want to know what demons do? This is what they do. Okay. You go back to the Bible. You read through the Bible. I'm not going to go through all the deals of it because I don't really like talking about the devil, to be honest with you. You all know me. You've seen my ministry in life. I always preach about God and God's goodness and his power and all like that. But something's got to be said today to bring this about to our eyes can be open. Okay. But all throughout the scriptures, Jesus dealt with devils. He dealt with casting devils out to heal people. He dealt with devils like in legion and, and casting those devils out. He dealt with all kinds of, there was demon activity going all the time. Jesus preached in church, devils jumped up and screamed, oh, the son of God. And, you know, Jesus cast them out. Devil casting out was always on there. Somehow or another in the church, it got just turned into a Pentecostal thing. You only see that kind of stuff in Pentecostal churches. And sometimes they're just working it up. Anyway, and I don't think there's a devil involved, but them, but that's beside the point. So, so my point is, is there's demonic activity going on. It's always been going on, but we don't normally pay much attention to it. Okay. But it's real. The spiritual realm, the spiritual realm is real, but it's as real with angels as it is with the devils. It's as real with the love of God as it is with the hate of Satan. It's just what is the person going to subject themselves to or be influenced by? 
And if you want to know what a demon manifestation looks like, just look at some of the videos of the horrible things going on and all this rioting and protesting and the, the, the beating up of people and the beating up of a little old man and this kind of stuff like that. Folks, that's demonic. That is a demon in manifestation. Some of these people are so angry, it's demons manifesting out of humans, okay? Because they are out of their mind, crazy. But apparently, we've sat around and elected demons, people that would be influenced by demons, to go in there that now they're just out like they think they've got it won. Listen to me. They believe that they have got it won, and they believe that they can go do anything in the world. Folks, if you don't know that you should, we should be protecting our children, that person does not need to be governor of the state. Oh, but somebody voted for him and put him in there, and he won the election fair and square. This person in New Hampshire won the the, the Republican nomination fair and square because stupid people didn't go out and do what they were supposed to. They didn't check out the candidate and see what they were supposed to do. Somebody didn't rise up and say, well, I don't want to be the the sheriff, but I'll go to school and do whatever I got to do because I'm not going to let that person be the sheriff. If we sit around and do nothing, demons will rule. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Matthew 8, 28. It says when, he's speaking of Jesus, when Jesus came to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, there met on him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, son of God? Have you come out to torment us before our time? Do you realize that these two demon-possessed men, immediately when Jesus showed up, before he preached the gospel, before he did anything, ran up there and fell down and said, what are you doing here to torment us? In other words, they were already showing defeat. But let me tell you something. The devil got defeated 2,000 years ago at the cross. Jesus became Lord. But if you give him place, he's going to take place. If you don't run the stray cat off or the stray dog off, they're going to stay at your house and eat your food. If you don't run the devil off, he's going to stay there and he's going to torment you and he's going to speak to you and he's going to make you discouraged and depressed and and he's going to do everything he can to whisper in your ear. And let me tell you something. If you think, oh, no, I'm not I, I can't be influenced by devils. You can. And you're just being lied to thinking you can't. I want to go on. OK, so he says, uh. They said, if you cast us out, permit us to go into that herd of swine. So he said, go. I don't care where you're going. Just get in the pigs. Get out of here. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. And they perished in the water. And those who kept them uh, fled. Now look at this. Now when they went their way to the city, they told everyone, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Now these two demon-possessed men, they're not demon-possessed anymore. They are set free by the power of God. Behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. What? They got two demon-possessed men standing there that every time they went out of the city, they got attacked by these two demon-possessed men. And they're free now. They're sitting there worshiping God. They're excited. They're, they're okay. And everybody comes out and says, I don't know, that's kind of freaky. Can you just leave? And I'll tell you why. Because people don't want to deal with the supernatural. People do not want to deal with the realms of the spirit. And I'll tell you why, because a lot of goofy people have gotten involved in it and given it all a bad name and showed forth things that weren't right and made it all mystical and, and, and goofy and, and strange. And, and they've done all of this until people don't understand it. But I'm telling you this morning, right now in this church, I can guarantee there's angels walking around in this church. I don't see them. I can't with my natural eye see them. But the realm of the spirit is real. Now, there ain't no devils in here because I told them they couldn't be in here. Unless you brought it in. But what I'm saying is I don't see it. All right. I don't see the angels standing up here on the stage with me, but I know they're there. I can't physically see them. But that doesn't mean that the spiritual realm is not real. And what we've got to come to as Christians is we've got to get our heads on straight and realize there is a war going on in the spiritual realm. Right now. And it's like I've been saying, it's not about Democrats and, and Republicans. It's not about, you know, liberals and conservatives. It is about heaven and hell. 
It is about angels and, and godly spirits and demonic spirits taking place right now. We better wake up and start praying and making an outcry so that God will come down because he's in charge. They're not. Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians is our, is our chapter this week for the plan. Verse 6, chapter 6 rather. Uh, but I want you to just look at verse 10 for a second. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the schemes of the devil. There's schemes of the devil going on right now. And we got to wake up and see it. If we don't wake up and see it, we're there, the devil is going to get its way and we're going to have a hard time getting headway and fighting. But right now, all we need to do is raise up and say, sit down and shut up. Ain't putting up here anymore. Yeah. But we don't do it because we get involved in everything else in life. I'll get to that in a minute. For we do not wrestle. This is the words of the Apostle Paul. This is not Robert Richard's words. This is not, you know, I didn't, I didn't go get this and, and get this from the, the, the Bible school I graduated from. This is not the doctrine. This is the doctrine of the Bible. Hello? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against Antifa. We're wrestling against the spirit behind Antifa. Are y'all with me? It's not that person that comes walking up that is being influenced by a devil that is the problem, although they're being the host. Hello? It's not that. It's what's behind that that we've got to deal with, that we have authority in the spirit realm. He says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And he goes on, talks about the armor of God. But he says, we as Christians are supposed to be armed with the power of God and walking in the power of God to deal with these issues. Go to Mark chapter four. But we have a problem. I'm going to show you what the problem is. Jesus is talking about the parable of the of the. Uh, Sowing the seed, the sower sows the word. I'm just going to start in Mark 4, 13. <clears throat> he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the words, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Now when they hear, okay, the, the, the hearer hears, when they hear, who comes? Satan comes immediately, it says, to take away the word that is sown in their heart. So the devil is out. To steal the word, even today, out of your ears, it is being sown that what you're hearing. Do you hear, me? you hear what I'm saying? You're with me here. As I'm speaking to you and telling you this word and the word of the Lord is going out to you, I can tell you before you get out of here, or maybe right now your stomach just started to rumble and you're thinking about lunch, a big dinner roll, you know, with honey. You think about Neil's biscuits over there, you know, or something. And and so, you, you know, you're starting to get distracted. Well, that's the devil's trying to steal the word that's being sown in your heart. Every day, God wants to bless you. Every day, God wants to speak to you. Every day, God wants to put word in you and get you straight. But if you listen to the voice of the enemy, which you know what? See, it would be easy if you could see the devil and he was a big, fat, smelly, pitchforked, hoof-footed, long-tailed, you know, scoundrel, right? Then you would just say, Ooh, I don't want to be around you. But you, you've gotten used to him because you've listened to him for over the years, all your life. He's been around and he's accustomed to your ways and he's not too intimidating. And he, he comes and he whispers in your ear just enough to get you off track. That God's trying to speak to you. You do not know how many times I am in conversation with the Lord and the telephone rings. You say, why don't you just shut it, shut it off? Well, I forget. Because I'll shut it off for a while and do that, and then I'll forget and have it hunted on, and then it'll ring. It'll do it every time. You don't know how many times I sit down to pray and get over to be praying about everything, and then I start thinking about work, or I start thinking about somebody, or I start thinking about somebody and wondering what they're doing, and who did that, and then where did they go to, and then who did they marry, and where did they go off over there, and then it's, and then they go down, oh, yeah, they do, oh, and then I'm back for I'm over here. When I started over here, and I never, and I'm like, what am I talking about? And I tried to get myself back on track. Okay, you say, well, that's just your wandering mind, partially. And the other part of it is you're being demonically influenced. Because the devil wants to steal the word that's being sown in your heart. Why? Because he wants you to have stony ground. 
So this parable here, there's four types in the stony ground, and you are this morning one of the four. First one was gotten stolen from your stony ground. These likewise are the ones sown on the stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves, endure for a time. Afterwards, tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. So that's the next person. The person that comes in, gets a little persecution, stumbles for the word's sake, and they're off. They're not following the Lord anymore. Hello? Then you got the next one that says, and now these are the ones sown among the thorns when they hear the word, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So this, the third person here is a person who's living life, but they're trying to live life to, you know, what we all do to, to, to try to get ahead, to try to put some of the money in our pocket, to try to make things a little better, to try to get a new house or, or a different house or buy a car or, or, you know, just maybe get some different clothes or just whatever. And you're starting to look. It's like my wife the other day. I was giving her a hard time. She's in there. And she, man, she's going to do that. Woo. She got her her iPads flaming, man. She going through this thing. And I said, what are you doing? She said, man, there's a sale here, 80% off. And I said, Lord, if it's 80% off, I mean, sweet Jesus, you got to go for it. She said, I am, boy, I'm looking. So all you got to say is 80% and women are all like, yeah, glory to God. So my point is, it's not bad. You're not an evil person. You're not, you know, you're not a, a devil worshiper because you get caught up in the cares of the world. But if you stay in those cares of the world, what's going to happen is you're going to miss the plan of God and the things of God. Because every day at every moment, every second there is pulling against you. God on one side and the devil on the other trying to pull you in. It's always happening. You're not going to get rid of the, 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 the devil lying to you and the devil schemes. You're not going to get rid of that until we get to heaven. Till Jesus comes back and says, enough is enough. I've had enough. And that, that's the end of it. But right now, if I, what I'm praying about this morning is, is that you're going to see this and your eyes are going to pop open to the to maybe the scales that have started to develop on you, the calcium that's kind of built up around your brain that you hadn't really been thinking about it like this. You've just been kind of wondering why you're tired, why you're discouraged, why you're kind of disillusioned, why you haven't been hungry to read the word. Why you haven't? I'm telling you today because you're being influenced by devils. Everybody say, I love you, Pastor. First <laughs> Timothy 4.1. First Timothy 4.1. It says... Now, the Spirit expressly says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own consciences seared with a hot iron. So in other words, I'm not saying anything right now this morning that Paul didn't tell Timothy. So that's going to happen. Folks, listen to me. <clears throat> the way I have learned to forgive is I realize that if I don't forgive, I'm giving the devil a place to come speak in my life, and I don't want to listen to him. i got enough problems anyway. And so it causes me to want to forgive, to walk in the things of God, because I do not want to give the devil an avenue of speaking in my life. I have seen people in life dried up like an old prune, and when I talk to them, find out that, find out that they've got bitterness in their heart about something, or somebody did this to them, you know, back in... You know, World War One, and they're still mad about it. <laughs> and they're dried up and they got no life in them, got no joy, got no peace. Why? Because they let the devil and the doctrines of demons come in there and speak to them all the time. I'm not saying they're demon possessed. Uh, they may be, but I'm just saying they are demonically influenced and causing to make the bad, same bad mistake over and over again. Folks, listen to me. You're born again. You're washing the blood of Jesus. You are on the pathway of faith. If you don't know what that is, go read, listen to Wednesday night's message. It was a great message. You're on the pathway of faith. You are the, God has made a way for you. He set you all out there. And what are we doing walking around discouraged? What are we doing walking around saying, oh, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared about what the future is going to come in there. We serve a God who makes bread. Hello? We serve a God who just caused manna to fall on the ground and fed people for 40 years and their clothes never wore out. We serve that God. And he's no different today. It's not like we've modernized and God's still old-fashioned and he can't move. It's not like, you know, like we've advanced and we're so advanced in our computer technology that God can't talk to us anymore. Because he's old school. 
You tell me, see, folks, understand why are Christians not standing up right now and saying, in the name of Jesus, no. We're just all sitting around saying, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to go down. Me, 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 me. Churches being shut down all over the place, things going on, and nobody's standing up and rising up when they should just be saying, man, here we are. We have had enough. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke you demons. We tell you you have no rights, no power, no authority over our lives, over our churches, over our towns, over our community, over our world. Boom! If enough of us would do that, the devils don't stand a chance because we're the ones that are in charge because greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Look at it. 1 John 2.14. 1 John 2.14, he says, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Folks, listen to me. The word of God on the inside of you causes you to have the ability to overcome the wicked one. You, you get to where you just say that. No, no, that's not what the word says. Get out of here. But we listen to it. We let it come running up like an old... You know, mangy tomcat rubbing up on our leg, just want to be petted. And we think, oh, poor old thing. But I'll tell you, he's going to give you, you know, fleas. <laughs> Here we go. First John 4, 1. First John 4, 1 says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, I want to say something right here. There's a lot of stuff out on the Internet right now. There's a lot of people claiming to be. I'm not saying they're not. Let me, let me rephrase it. There's a lot of people who profess to be Christians that are, that are launching end-time prophecies about what's going to go on through the election, through this next cycle and all. And, uh, and, and what's interesting to me is you have, you have the prophecy that says uh, doom and gloom. You have the prophecy that says it's going to be great. And then you have the other prophecy that's just kind of out there. It's like, you know, hang on, you know, something's going to happen. And I'm kind of like, I could do that one. <laughs> so, so all this stuff's going out. So, you, you know, if you want to, you say, well, I really believe in this guy. This guy's been right before. But it's, the Bible says test every spirit to see if it's right or not. And I want you, if you want me to prophesy about what the future is going to happen right now, I don't know. I just know that we're in, we're in charge. God's going to take care of it. When I finish the rest of this message, you'll understand everything because I just know we're going to win because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I want to keep walking, putting one foot in front of the other and declaring Jesus. And I'm going to just going to go and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And if it ends in the bad way, well, then God's going to take care of me. If it ends in the good way, God's going to take care of me. If it ends in the middle way, God's going to take care of me. If it's the rapture, God's going to take care of me. If it's the tribulation, God's going to take care of me because I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. I'm going to walk in the word of God and I'm going to test the spirits and I'm going to, it's going to be okay. Hello? And when all, excuse my language, when all hell breaks loose, I'm still going to be standing here preaching and these doors are still going to be open and there's still going to be people here to pray for you. There's still going to be comfort here. We're still going to be giving. We're still going to be rescuing orphans. We're still going to be helping. We're going to be going and rescuing orphans all over the place. We're going to rescue kids. I am going to do whatever it can to get to, to end all the, 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 the horrible things that are going on with children everywhere all over the world, whatever we can do. It's ridiculous. Okay. But he says, verse one, 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, I do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. That really means, technically, if you meet somebody and uh, they, they're, they're trying to tell you something, I would just ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ, can you confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Because it says a devil can't. I would test it. I have before. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, in which you've heard was coming and is already in the world. You are of God, little children, and overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. They are of the world. They speak as the world. They are the world. Here's them. We are of God, and he knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And, and by this, you know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there's a spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Are y'all following me here? You've got to get on your game is what I'm telling you. Quit just listening to the news. Well, I just like to listen to Fox because they're just really good. You better test every spirit. These are days as Christians, we should be testing the spirits. Is it bearing fruit or not? 
Well, my friend over there, you know, I really think he's right. You know, he's a he's a doomsdayist. He's, he's he's a prepper. He's got it all down there. He's got his bunker. and He's inviting me. I can go with him. You know, and I think that's what we're supposed to do. You know, get on the 50 caliber. You know, this is what we're supposed to do. Well, you better test the spirit. You better see. Is that really of God? Is that really what God's calling you to do? Because I ain't crawling in no hole. I just want to tell you all everybody crossing a hole. Listen, there ain't no back door. I ain't crawling in a hole. I'd crawl in a tunnel, but I ain't crawling in a hole. Hello? Once they find out where you are, there ain't no way out. No, no, I'm standing up on the surface. I can run around at least. <laughs> See if they can hit me. Dodging and darting like a ninja through the trees. <laughs> by the spirit, like I said, folks, by the spirit. Okay. We've got to test the spirits. Now look at James chapter 4, verse 7. Let me get on with this and I'll get through. James 4, 7, it says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. What else do we need to hear? But folks, if we don't resist, he isn't going to flee. So if you sit around and bake him a cake of sobbing, tears, and woe, he's going to sit there and eat it. If you sit around contemplating all the woes, you're going to just, you're just going to feed him and he's going to stay there and you're just going to put a new hat on him and dress him all up like a little doll, like you're playing doll with the devil. And you're just going to have him there in your house all the time because he makes you feel good because you like the pity party. And I'm telling you, you're just entertaining devils. <sighs> Say you love me. I'm just preaching. You think about that. Like a little girl sitting around having a, having a little tea party with all our little dolls all dressed up. Is that what you're doing with your, on your table, sitting around with the doctrines of demons, just sitting around and you just dressed them all up, wiped their, wiped their noses and sitting there listening to their lies and deception that they're feeding you. I'm telling you, I'm not going down. I'm telling you, I'm going to let this church go down. I'm not going to let you go down. If you want to go try to jump off the hill, I'm going to grab you. Because I'm telling you, I am not going to go down that road. Nothing blesses me. Nothing makes me know that something is right more than just the, like the testimony we just heard from, from Skip and Muggsy. That's a, that's a, you can see that's all God. I'm just telling you, I'm going to go for the things that are of God. Hello? I am not going to sit around and, and fall into... Uh, the doctrines of demons. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go forth and we're going to have victory. I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to resist the devil and he's going to flee. Folks, it's time to resist the devil. It's time to stand up in people's faces and say, you're of the devil. Just tell them. And so that might hurt their feelings. Just tell them you're of the devil. I was watching some videos of some of the violence going on and I thought, Lord, what are what would I do if I was confronted in that situation? How would you want me to handle it? I know what my flesh wants to do. You know, I know what my flesh wants to do, but God, how do you want me to handle that situation? And you're waiting for some, me to tell you some great word I heard, but I just tell you the only thing I could feel in my heart was I was like, well, I'm going to have to start off by rebuking the demon in the name of Jesus and then just pray that settles that thing down. Because there's some crazy stuff going on, folks. Some crazy stuff going on. I don't want to be killing people. I mean, I don't want to do that. I pray they don't put me in the back of that corner. Because I don't know if they're not going to like what they get. But, folks, this is demonic. you got to call it what it is. It is demonic. The deception in people's lives is growing so evident it is nothing but demonic. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. I got to move kind of fast here, so y'all just hold on. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled from those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. That's what those people did when Legion was cast out of those men. And they said, Jesus, we just need you to go for them. So they didn't want the light. Some people you just have to understand are so depraved and so dark that they do not want the light, do not want to be exposed. They want to be who they are, and they're not crying out for salvation. And those people are going to run from the light like bugs scurrying out of a room. 
But the devil has blinded the minds of others that can be saved. Are you hearing me? It's the devil that's blinded them. Now I'm going to finish up here. Go in the Old Testament, Isaiah 61. I want to hurry so I can get you out of here. He's going to eat your biscuit. <laughs> With honey. Everybody say, greater is he that's in me. And he that's in the world. Look at the person beside you and say, greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in this world. Folks, listen to me. You've got to believe that. You've got to understand the spiritual realm. You've got to understand the power of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You have got to understand the demonic realm can snarl and, and, and whip up whatever they want to. But I'm telling you, greater see it's in you. The smallest Christian, the, only, the, the babiest, brand new, smallest Christian has got the power of, of victory over the devil. Jesus drugged the devil and triumphed over him. And there's no sense in giving him place. There's no sense in torturing There's no sense in being afraid. It's Hollywood that's tried to make you afraid. With all the stupid movies. Isaiah 61. Now, you need to spend some time in Isaiah 61. I'm going to go through it kind of quick. This is the first message Jesus ever preached. You can find the same verses over in Luke uh, 4, 18, or the first part of them. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everybody say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because his reason, the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. First thing that we're called to do is to preach the good news. Second thing, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen, in this powerful anointing gospel that Jesus has given you, there is the proclamation of the gospel, but there's also healing and restoration in people's lives. The devil has just ransacked people's lives and wounded them and hurt them and destroyed them. And I want to tell you something. It's our job to see them, them healed. He says to proclaim liberty and to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prisons to those that are brown, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. How many of y'all want beauty for ashes? I mean, I mean, really, if the devil's made something, it's turned into ashes and then God comes in and turns it into beauty. Hello, I like beauty. He says to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I mean, pour it on my head and let's get some laughter. I saw my wife the other day. I was, you know, I was I was looking at videos and getting, you know, kind of upset. And she said, here, you need to look at this one. She showed me this video, man. It was the most hilarious thing. It was this video and you just have to go find it. I don't want to. But there was this. It was basically two ladies trying to get in a boat. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I laughed. I laughed. There's tears in my eyes of watching these two ladies try to get in this boat. And, and I was saying, sometimes in life, that's what you need. You need to have the oil of joy. At the moment, everything's bad. You just need to have the oil of joy and just sit there and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh because there's no sense mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, that he may be glorified, that they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed the flock and, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Oh, well, we can't do. No, no, go leave it alone. But we shall. <laughs> Probably racial injustice there for there to be some of the, the foreigners to be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you, sh they, you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of the shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of shame, you shall have double honor. This is just talking about the person who got saved. This isn't talking about the king, prince, valiant. Highest one. This is talking about. This is all about. You got saved. This is what's yours. Therefore, in their land they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. <clears throat> oh, but there's not really, there's not really looting. It's just peaceful protest. <laughs> I hate robbery. 
for burnt offerings. I will direct the work in truth. I will make them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them. They shall be, uh, and, and that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, as a bride adores herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in its spring to spring forth, so the, so the Lord God will cause the righteous and praise to spring forth before all nations. That's yours. That's yours as a child of God, as a born-again child of God. That is yours. So what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to teach you and continue to encourage you to continue to, to get the scales off your eyes, to see what the devil's going on, so that we can walk in victory, that we can fulfill Isaiah 61. That we're going to be not influenced by the doctrine of demons. And we're going to be able to go forth. Amen. I'm going to continue to stand here. And the, and the Living Waters Church is going to be a place, an island, a, a whatever you want to call it, a, a fortress in the midst of the wilderness. That we're going to keep flowing in the Holy Ghost and the things of God. Amen. But we have to, inside of us, yearn to walk in truth and to see the truth. Amen. And I don't know. I don't know if that's y'all. I don't know if you want to just go ahead and, and, and let the cares of the world, and the deceitful niches, riches overcome you and just kind of lay back, laxed and just whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I don't know if you if that is you. Well, then you're not going to be very satisfied here, but that's OK. I mean, if it's a good dog and pony show for you and you like it, well, then come on back because eventually you're going to get harpooned by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Eventually you play around just like kids. You play around the edge of the tank long enough, you're going to slip and fall in. <laughs> Amen. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everyone out there watching. I want you to just put your Bibles up and stand up. Now, what I want to pray for you is simply this. You're going to have to want to know. You're going to have to want this. But I want to pray. And I want to ask you because this is dangerous because, see, you may get. Ooh, you may get confronted. But if you want to hear truth. And you truly want to make sure you're not being influenced by the doctrines of demons within you by faith, if you get in this prayer, the Holy Spirit will show you where you've been listening to a devil. And then you're going to have to repent. And I can tell you right now, every one of you, if you've been listening to a discouraging voice in your head, you've been listening to the doctrine of a devil. If you've been listening to you're not going to make it, you're going to die young. I went to the doctor the other day and the doctor was trying to tell me some stuff. And finally, in a minute, he got over and said, hey, I don't even go there. Don't, don't, don't pronounce no curse over me. It's not, no, 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 no. That's not what my God says. It's not what the word says. I wasn't going to take on that. But for a day, it kind of got on me. And I had to fight it off. I said, no, you're not going to tell me that. I'm going to preach the gospel all the days of my life. I'll drop dead when God says for me to. Y'all with me? You got to watch that stuff. Doctrine of devils get on you. But if I'm going to pray this prayer and you're really going to mean it, because it's going to work because I, I know in the spiritual realm, God's going to do it. Amen. Then that means you're going to get confronted. And so you better do something with it because you may have to do some house cleaning. Amen. So if you're with me, if you're out there watching. I'm telling you, I'm going to pray. And if you want it, you can grab a hold of it. and It's yours. If you don't, I guess you can turn me off. I don't know how that works. But Father, right now, in Jesus name, I pray for every person whose heart truly wants to know the truth who does not want to be deceived, does not want to have the doctrines of demons operating in their life, but wants to hear clearly, Lord, your word, hear clearly the truth. Lord, where the lies of the enemy has been sown in their lives, where he has been there, I declare today, devil, you are uprooted. 
I declare that no more can you lie to them for they say in their heart by faith they want it. And so I declare they're going to walk in it in Jesus name. I declare greater is he that's in them. Jesus, than he that's in this world, you. And so I declare that you were defeated. I declare, Lord God, the scales fall off of eyes right now. I declare that lies and depression that has been on people right now, I break that in the name of Jesus. According to Isaiah 10 and 27, the anointing of God breaks and destroys the yoke of bondage, and it breaks it right now in Jesus' name. That they are free. Lord, the, the, the scales, the, 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 the curtains are pulled back. They can see clearly your, your gospel, could see clearly freedom from oppression. From, from, Lord, the lies, they can see clearly, and I declare, Lord, they're going to stay in it. They're not going to let the curtains get closed again. They're going to keep the blinds open and let the light of the gospel shine into their lives. I declare, Lord God, that we are going to walk because there's more with us than there is with them. I declare, Lord God, greater, greater, greater things you have for each and every one of us, Lord. And I declare that in the realms of the Spirit, Lord, today, the devil has given notice he has no right to perpetrate on these people anymore. And I declare that you are defeated and Christ Jesus is on the throne of God of their lives. So, Lord, I thank you for it. Now, if you prayed that and you really meant it, say with me, say, Jesus, Jesus. you're Lord of my life. You sit on the throne of my heart. The devil's got no place. I give you notice today. The devil is defeated. And Jesus is on the throne of my heart. Amen, 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 and amen. Now look at the person beside you and say, hey, the devil's defeated. Now, let me just, let me just say this. I want to have my prayer team come down because I don't know if some of y'all had some other issues you want to pray about. But I have my prayer team come down and I want to bless you right now. Okay? Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get sucker punched. And sucker punches ain't no fun. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get to get eyes in the back of your head. And you have to start to get, you know, really get those ninja skills going to where you see those sucker punches coming. All right. So I'm going to bless you. Father, I declare right now that this is a blessed congregation. Everyone's blessed out there. that's watch. And the video, I just declare, Lord God, that this day is a great day of their life, that they are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church. We're up here to pray for you. Amen. Go get them. <laughs>